0: Today, we'll be continuing The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus by L. Frank Baum. 2. When the World Grew Old. The next morning, when Santa Claus opened his eyes and gazed around the familiar room, which he had feared he might never see again, he was astonished to find his old strength renewed and to feel the red blood of perfect health coursing through his veins. He sprang from his bed and stood where the bright sunshine came in through his window and flooded him with its merry dancing rays. He did not then understand what had happened to restore to him the vigor of youth, but in spite of the fact that his beard remained the color of snow, and that wrinkles still lingered in the corners of his bright eyes, old Santa Claus felt as brisk and merry as a boy of sixteen, and was soon whistling contentedly as he busied himself fashioning new toys. Then Ack came to him, and told of the mantle of immortality, and how Claus had won it through his love for little children. It made old Santa look grave for a moment to think he had been so favored, but it also made him glad to realize that now he need never fear being parted from his dear ones. At once he began preparations for making a remarkable assortment of pretty and amusing playthings, and in larger quantities than ever before. For now that he might always devote himself to this work, he decided that no child in the world, poor or rich, should hereafter go without a Christmas gift, if he could manage to supply it. The world was new in the days when dear old Santa Claus first began toy-making and won, by his loving deeds the mantle of immortality, and the task of supplying cheering words. Sympathy and pretty playthings to all the young of his race did not seem a difficult undertaking at all. But every year, more and more children were born into the world, and these, when they grew up, began spreading slowly over all the face of the earth, seeking new homes so that Santa Claus found each year that his journeys must extend farther and farther from the Laughing Valley, and that the packs of toys must be made larger and even larger, so at length he took counsel with his fellow immortals how his work might keep pace with the increasing number of children, that none might be neglected. And the immortals were so greatly interested in his labors that they gladly rendered him their assistance. Ak gave him his man kilter, the silent and swift, and the Nook prince gave him Peter, who was more crooked and less surly than any of his brothers. And the real prince gave him Neuter, the sweetest-tempered real ever known, and a fairy queen gave him Whisk, that tiny, mischievous, but lovable fairy who knows today almost as many children as does Santa Claus himself. With these people to help make the toys and to keep his house in order and to look after the sledge and the harness, Santa Claus found it much easier to prepare his yearly load of gifts, and his days began to follow one another smoothly and pleasantly. Yet after a few generations, his worries were renewed, for it was remarkable how the number of people continued to grow and how many more children there were every year to be served. When the people filled all the cities and lands of one country, they wandered into another part of the world, and the men cut down the trees and many of the great forests that had been ruled by Ak. and with the wood they built new cities, and where the forests had been were fields of grain and herds of browsing cattle. You might think the master woodsman would rebel at the loss of his forests, but not so. The wisdom of Ack was mighty and far-seeing. The world was made for men, said he to Santa Claus, and I have but guarded the forests until men needed them for their use. I am glad my strong trees can furnish shelter for men's weak bodies and warm them through the cold winters." but I hope they will not cut down all the trees, for mankind needs the shelter of the woods in summer as much as the warmth of blazing logs in winter. And however crowded the world may grow, I do not think men will ever come to Burzee, nor to the great black forest, nor to the wooded wilderness of Braz, unless they seek their shades for pleasure and not to destroy their giant trees. By and by, people made ships from the tree trunks and crossed over oceans and built cities in far lands, but the oceans made little difference to the journeys of Santa Claus. His reindeer sped over the waters as swiftly as over land, and his sledge headed from east to west and followed in the wake of the sun, so that as the earth rolled slowly over, Santa Claus had all of twenty-four hours to encircle it each Christmas Eve, and the speedy reindeer enjoyed these wonderful journeys more and more. So year after year and generation after generation, and century after century, the world grew older and the people became more numerous, and the labors of Santa Claus steadily increased. The fame of his good deeds spread to every household where children dwelt, and all the little ones loved him dearly, and the fathers and mothers honored him for the happiness he had given them when they too were young. And the aged grandsires and grand dames remembered him with tender gratitude and blessed his name. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books today, while we read a bite of one of your favorite classics. Again, my name is Bree Carlisle, and I hope you come back tomorrow for the last bite of the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com and check out the shop.